Anime Pulse, episode 641. I am your host, Joseph, joined by my not-inebriated hosts at all, Andrew. Hello! And we are here back once again to bring you news, reviews, and just kind of shoot the shit. You know, talk about what's been going on ourselves. And booze, lots and lots of booze. I'm drinking some cherry liqueur, some um, hairy, herring. Herring? Herring mm. cherry liqueur, but good stuff. Nice. It's a it's a cherry mm. brandy basically. Got a good deep cherry flavor to it. Kind of slightly sweet with a little bit of a licorice aftertaste to it is what I'd say. Not bad. Mm. Mm. Very nice. We should we should almost do that little tasting segment because I know like uh, Tim and Walter do like a little alcohol tasting part of their podcast. We can get paid uh, for you that. Review each one. <laughs> Send us booze. Yeah. we'll review it. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Uh, that would be... That, I mean, to be honest, like, isn't that the best ideal sponsorship? I mean, you know, because I know we do a, a, an anime show and stuff, but, like, out of things you want to get free stuff from, alcohol would be one of the best things, in all honesty, because, like, you know, you can only do so much with other sponsorships, like clothes and t-shirts. You can't wear them all the time, you know? Hmm. Food goes bad, but alcohol keeps. Just saying. Maybe maybe a sponsorship with uh, one of the, the manga publishers mm. like viz media or uh black uh, black mm-hmm. horse or like one of those ones yeah sure sure mm-hmm. yep get free manga this would be fine review. i'd like viz yeah that'd be fine yeah free viz merch and such they they do the jojo dub so i mean i might be able to get myself some uh jojo merchandise from that but yeah. who knows mm-hmm. yeah well, I think we should probably then get straight into it with some IRL news. Let's just jump right into it. So, how has your week been? Uh, well, it was a pretty much straightforward work week of work. Just working my little behind off and getting stuff done and, uh, you know working uh friday was kind of a little bit of a meh time because the old supervisor was a bit of a dick that day so uh yeah kind of sullies the whole mood he was a little snappy i think something's going on with his personal life so never a great time but oh well what will you do either way that's unprofessional if he brings his own personal like baggage into the workplace now yeah um yeah, but what you can do but yeah i i was able to just have to deal with that basically it's it becomes a just like i'll just work keep my head down and let him burn himself out yeah yeah this that's the that's the most mature thing to do as long as you do yeah. good work you can't be yelled at yeah well <laughs> they'll try and find a way god god willing but you know mm. Mm. 
besides that, I've been playing more Fate Grand Order. Uh, the uh-huh. thing that introduces one of the Assassin class characters uh, who's from the Fate series, um, who I guess is like a Fate series original character, she is mm-hmm. uh, introduced in this, and you do this whole entire tower thing, which kind of like talks about like maybe the negative sides to all the characters that exist out there or some of the characters uh-huh. that exist out there. Um, I beat it. It's all done and over with. I've gotten her up to her maximum noble phantasm level and I'm working through the tower and doing all sorts of other stuff with it. But, um, or the apartments, cause it's an apartment building you have to go through, but it was kind of cute. I liked it. Uh, I really, really wanted to get, um, uh, the summonings they had, they had a couple available, and now she's gone. I don't have um, Saber Altar as a Lancer, so she's on a horse, uh-huh. but she's Altar version still, so she's like um, still decked out in like her evil armor kind of set. But uh-huh. <laughs> I just like the way like some of her dialogue goes for her bonding, just because like her later bond levels, because when she bonds up and you ascend her, her her tits basically come out of her uh, uh. uniform. Kind of like it gives you uh. an underboob on her. And then like one uh-huh. of her, I think one of her dialogues is something along the lines of, what do you mean you don't know where to look? You can look just right hmm. here. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, yeah, I'll look somewhere. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I'm like that. I'm like that virgin dragon guy from Ishokan reviewers. Where I'm like, hmm, hmm, yes, very good knowledge. No. Meanwhile, Andrew's just like, you're still a virgin. What are you talking about? (laughs) As if I know that. I don't. I don't delve into. Yeah, but (laughs) sure. I. I, I've never. I've never watched enough Ishokan reviewers to know those characters. But I'll take your word for it. I'm just like, hey, hey. I'm. I'm using this for future reference. You know, when I. Mm. Meet the person I want to have my first time with, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Building up that, you know, you want to be over-leveled before you take on the final boss, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm like in Pokemon, man. I am grinding it out. So, mm. like, I show up to that first, that first <laughs> gym leader, Brock, and he's uh-huh. just like, all right. Or, it is Brock, right? The first gym leader. Yeah, he's the first gym leader, yep. Yeah, I yeah. show up to Brock, and he's like, all right. And in the meanwhile, I just pull up, like, the legendary, and it's just like, go, Mewtwo. Fuck him up. Mm-hmm. And he's just really like... Really decked out six team. Yeah, yep. like, hundred mm-hmm. le- level 100. It's like, what, what, what are we doing here? You know I can't mm-hmm. win against you. I'm the first level... I'm the first gym leader. What are you doing with Mewtwo here? Level 100 Mewtwo. Are you cheating? Did Strong you enough to find be a missing with a tackle. Uh-huh. Is that it? Uh-huh. Uh, missing gnome, the most powerful Pokemon. Oh yes, yes, the the glitch box thing that gives you <laughs> infinite of one item that's on your eighth slot. It's a weird. Po- I don't know why that's. Oh yeah, there's so many theories as to why that's a thing. Yeah. Missing no. Yeah, yeah, and you have to like set up your your. Uh, if you don't use like a Game Shark or something, the way you have to do it is like you have to set up your inventory box a certain way with a certain number of yeah. things because your inventory box relates somehow to like the base game code. It's so crazy mm-hmm. what Pokemon got away with in the past. It's, 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Also, if you catch, if you choose to catch missing, though, you, you know, everybody always tells you to run away because that's what gives you the advantages. But if you catch it, it breaks your game in all these different weird ways and stuff. Yep. And it was, it, it's weird because it was something that Nintendo was aware of. They, they knew it was bad, so they tried to tell players not to, to get it because otherwise it will break your game completely. As far as we know, it doesn't break your game, but Nintendo didn't want you to actually catch it because for obvious reasons. But um, they were aware of it. But yeah. Missing those is, if, if those who don't know, is apparently short for a missing number, as in, like, it tries to access a Pokemon whose number index doesn't match what missing no was. So, mm-hmm. that's why. But, yeah. Back to the day. Yeah. Uh, yep. Aside from Fake Grand Order, oh, they've got the new uh, Fire Emblem Heroes serve, or tournament up. Uh, uh-huh. Thus far, my girl has won, which I'm surprised about because I thought she'd lose. It was her versus the you, Christmas. Who are you back in? Uh, I'm backing the girl with the two different colored swords. Uh, oh, I uh, can't remember her name. Let's see. Upper left hand corner. That's, yeah, she's the she's from Ike's game. Yeah, okay. I I, I didn't know you'd back you'd back her. I was actually, looking I at look all the them. different choices. I didn't really like any of them, but this one she kind of like came across as the most like appealing. I was gonna go uh-huh. with the blonde girl, but good thing I didn't because she lost. I see. She lost. Did she? Blonde girl. Oh, you mean you mean Edelgard? Yeah, from uh, I think she's uh, a black hawk. Free houses. Whatever. Free houses. That's right. Yeah, Edelgard lost. lost. That is kind yeah, of surprising. she lost against a dude too. Yes, against Leaf. Leaf, yeah. whatever you call him. Um, what's weird about this is there's actually two of the same girl in this this listing here. Oh yeah, They're the Christmas tree and version Christmas. and the non-Christmas yeah. tree version. <laughs> so the, they've increased the chances of Sothis winning because of that. Because like Sothis well, her Christmas tree Sothis. version lost to the girl I yeah. picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so. yeah. The, the other one's still in the, the running. But yeah, yeah, okay. We'll yeah. see what happens. We by will week, indeed. Uh, yes. And aside from that, I've just been making good headway on my backlog of anime. I've had like a huge backlog of anime that's just been sitting here for a while. Um, and I've actually finally gotten around to watching all of the anime that's currently going. And now I'm getting through like the old Bokutachi um, stuff, which is great because I can just get through that. And I no longer have to worry about uh, dealing with... Um, dealing with like that sitting on my desktop i still have uh, one two three four five six seven episodes left so i'm still uh-huh. a far ways behind on catching up with that show but once i get through that show i've got six episodes of lupon the third part five to i still have to get through which holy shit that's been sitting there and then finally after all those are done i can pick up an old anime and start watching it i got some choices i got uh Ikoko Merai no Kuroyose, uh, which is available. I've got Triage X, uh-huh. which is available. I got uh-huh. Irigaso no Yuna-san, which is the uncensored uh-huh. version. Uh, we got uh-huh. Shin Maimau no Testament Bus plus the OVA, which is the uncensored version. And Shinometa Toru Gennai ga Senshon Zanzai, whatever, Lelude anime. That's the one with the pants on the face thing, right? Yeah, the panty girl who puts panties on her face and yeah, and does the lewd things in the world and stuff. But I stopped watching it because it was censored. It was like censored in like episode five, so it tricked me. So gotcha. that, that was back when I if it's censored, hard cut. So hard cut. Mm. 
Yeah. So you're going to watch that as well now and give it a proper review. I got so many options, man. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm free, free of Mm -hmm. everything. My shackles are broken. Oof. Ready to, ready to move on. You've bursted out of the cocoon. Now the horizon is wide. I'm a beautiful butterfly dancing through the butterfly. As pure and, uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Mm. <laughs> yes. Well, I do believe that brings it to an end for my segment of IRL news. I've got really nothing mm-hmm. else to say except for the fact that next week is a three-day weekend for me. It's also the beginning of daylight savings time, so we're going to have to figure that out. Okay, so you're switching your clock. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll DM that. Let me know, and I'll yeah. try and check. Next weekend, my, it just means that, like... On Sunday morning, it'll be an hour ahead of time for me. So, like, right now, it would actually be 6 o'clock instead of 5. Right. So, you're going to be on an hour earlier in my time. Yep. Okay, I'll I'll check. Because we might get daylight savings, but I don't know when we get it. So, I'll, I'll try and check and see if we're in sync. Don't want don't to make this uh, too complicated, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that does it for me. How about yourself? Anything going on over there across the pond? Well, I was, uh, I said last week I was supposed to have an exam today, but it got delayed, so, uh, there's, there's no way, you wouldn't be able to tell either, because I said last week, oh, you'll either, I'll either be really happy or really sad depending on how the exam went. You wouldn't be able to tell because on alcohol I could either be drinking because I'm celebrating or it could be because I'm sad, but this time I actually didn't have the exam, so... I, I'm I'm safe for two more weeks, which just means two more weeks of hardcore studying, I suppose, <laughs> to try and guarantee that pass mark. Um, other than that, still been playing the Fire Emblem. So uh, I've done the time skip thing and stuff. The mm. the big uh, twist in the game has happened. Uh, it really does keep me wondering as to what happens if I chose a different house because there's so many different things in this game. And I'm thinking like, oh, so if I chose the blue house, what would happen here? So it's so far, I'm very impressed. What I'm not impressed about is... I don't know if you've heard... Do you, you don't own a Switch, right? But have you heard any bad things about the Joy-Cons? I have heard they're not great. Yeah. Right, so the analog sticks have a tendency to drift, with that being that the analog sticks are a bit janky and kind of cause, like, movement in a direction that they're not supposed to have because, like, they're just poorly put together. Like, they're held together with fucking a, the budget of a ham sandwich despite being really expensive. So, but... I've had all manners of problems with my Joy-Cons that I've bought. Um, the first ones, the Smash Brothers ones, it when I dock it into my Switch, it charges, which is good, but it can't tell that it's in docked mode. So I can't play it as if it's attached to my console when I plug in my right Joy-Con. And not to mention there's a bit of drifting going on. But this week, my other right Joy-Con, which is a yellow one, has now also broken. So, but not not in the analog stick sense, but the Bluetooth device in it seems to have just broken, so it just can't sync with my Switch to begin with. And that's frustrating as fuck. It's especially for a portable console, because, you know, I had a situation where I was having to hold the right Joy-Con on the console and then have the other controller detached from the console to try and, like, make it think that they're both detached. It was so weird to be able to play. But, you know, thanks to the wonders of modern day modern day uh delivery services, I could actually order uh two new Joy-Cons. 
and get them in two hours time of ordering them that that does blow my mind i mean i know about next day delivery i know about same day delivery sort of if you order within time but like two hour delivery is insane it's so weird how far we've come uh this is still crazy for me because i was like oh man i could go out and buy more joy cons because i don't want to go a week without being able to play more fire on them but then it's like do you want to just order two joy cons and it's like ordering a pizza you just order stuff from amazon and it just comes it's crazy but uh, yeah, so I've got myself two new ones at the moment, the classic blue and red. So my Switch now looks like, I suppose one benefit, I, I'd like this more if the Switch didn't, you know, the Joy-Cons were better made. But my Switch now looks like the classic version. So, you know, your console now looks very different depending on what Joy-Cons you plug into it. Now my Switch looks like the old-fashioned type, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm That having been said, I'm now looking into third-party Joy-Cons I can invest in. Just because, like, you know, you can get them for, like, half the price and they might not... Even if they did break, it wouldn't be so bad. I mean, F for people who are buying... Um, yeah, you know what Premiria says. They're all they're, they're all con, Premiria, and no joy. But, um, you know, this wouldn't have happened in the time where Iwata was still alive. Um, but, you know, I'm looking into third-party Joy-Cons I could possibly buy that, you know... If they did break, it's not so much of a big deal because, you know, they're kind of expensive. They, they cost more than your typical Xbox One controller. So you'd expect them to be made better, but uh, no joy there. Um, so, oh, apparently I can send them off to Nintendo and they will fix them. Well, you know, maybe I'll think about that because the Bluetooth device being broken. I can fix analog sticks, but if the Bluetooth device is broken, then, you know, I'm kind of up... Uh, shit creek before pa- Miyamoto, well, to be fair, Rampant, Miyamoto has little to do with the actual hardware itself or how they're produced. I think Iwata had more control over that when he was alive, and that's why, you know, people say that he was pretty good as well. He's also a good programmer too. But Miyamoto does more of the game design thing, as far as I know, as far as the... and less of that. Also, Pumiria, I got what you were saying earlier on about this being, uh, about saying 28 more to go. I get your joke there. That's nice. Anyways, um, apart from that, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm just studying and working, doing the same old, same old. Oh, I did watch uh, some more anime that I'm not reviewing on the show, because I think they've been reviewed already. I, I finally got around to watching episode two of Mirai Nikki. Um, which, uh-huh. by the way, yeah. So it's like another survival sort of show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So far, I'm still kind of enjoying it. It's really? I'm not enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying Darwin's game. Mm. I, I think that mainly stems from the fact that Yuki, the main character... Yuki? He is... He is so... I don't like him. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's bitch, so, huh? <laughs> he's so widely Don't worry, it takes, it takes a little oh. bit, but he uh-huh. does change. And when he finally okay. changes for good, it's like, Alright, now you good, boy. Now you good. Okay, well, I'm glad but to it hear takes that from a bit. that he does. It takes okay. a bit, Cause... and it does take you into the territory of meeting another couple where they're like, what the fuck are you treating your girlfriend for? She loves you, you fucking asshole. Look at us. Mm. You look at us. This is what you should be like. You should be fucking sucking her dick. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Sucking her dick? Wait, what? I mean, it's just a metaphorical saying. Oh, okay. Right, okay, okay. I, I thought saying, you were hinting at some sort of trap thing no, going on here. No, I'm not saying she's actually you know, a guy. Here. But oh, okay. she wears right. pants in the family, is what I'm saying. Alright, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, mind you, by the way. Um, But at the same time, yeah. Because the thing is, it's like the skill's being bombed, and he's like crying there about, Oh, I'm so useless. Why am I so shitty? And stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Fucking, you're gonna die if you don't move. 
but yeah, no. Otherwise, it's it's enjoyable enough. It's fine. You know, everybody has a diary thing. Um, you know, I, I bet everybody pretty much knows what Mirai Nikki is. I'm like the last person to have ever watched it, I think, by this point. I also watched more of uh, Bunny Girl Senpai as well, episode three. That was good as well. Uh, I know you reviewed that show previously, so not much else to say about it. But other than that, it was good. Kind of does remind me of something like more of a a mainstream version of Bakimono Gatari without so much of the um, artsy camera angles and writing, you know? But yeah, still enjoying well, how, how about that Nori Wakamoto, huh? Oh, you mean in, you mean in Mirai Nikki? He wasn't yeah. in episode three. But I do, I do appreciate the casting of him mm-hmm. as God. Yes, for sure. I think that's yeah. like one of his, like, almost one of his last roles, right? Well, I don't know. It depends if you can anime or, like, video games, right? Because in video games, he's still voicing M. Bison <clears throat> in the Street Fighter series. So oh. there's at least that. I get to I get to play as Norio Wakamoto, which I appreciate. I would just but, love uh, for him to, like, be surprised cast as, like, some characters who don't have a voice. And then they just start talking. It's Norio Wakamoto. And it's like, is that God talking? <laughs> Japanese he god is that you yeah <laughs> he, he doesn't get cast enough honestly like you know he's always had like a side character or a villain of the day kind of character like in shonen shows he should be a main character he needs to get main cast as a role so does the the voice actor that get that that plays Dio he also needs to be like a main character like I I, I was watching an episode I think it was four of Darwin's game and he's like a character in that and I'm like oh it's Dio why don't you get to be a main character Dio I would like to see more of you. Anyways, but yeah, uh, that's uh, that's pretty much it for my week. So I can probably move on to the community stuff without dragging on too long. Um, wait, what's this? I know it's just that he should speak up. Huh? I don't know what Rampant's saying. Uh, moving on. Community stuff. We have no comments on the main page. Nope. So at least as with the forums, there's no update on last week's forum on the forum page, but there is on the actual Discord. So last week's forum topic was about items in anime that you'd like to have in real life or exist. Yotaru Vegeta came in with Nimbus. I'd never take public transport ever again, which is the cloud from uh, Dragon Ball, for those who don't know. It lets you fly anywhere. It's apparently very fast as well. But the only problem for me is that you'd only be able to ride it, I believe, if you're pure of heart. So that kind of limits the usage a bit. I don't think I'm pure of heart, so I don't think I'd be able to ride the Nimbus clouds. But yeah, yeah, that, that, that works. Then Midnight Crew comes in with... I mean, it's always going to be tempting to have a Death Note so you can get rid of some of the filth of humanity. But it might end up making you lose your mind, so yeah. There you go. And that was one of the items I mentioned, actually. And that takes us to this week's forum topic, which is... Uh, if you could make a spin-off of any anime, what would it be? And you can go into as much detail as you want, you know, pretty much channel your inner fanfic writer if you want to. So first up we have a uh, entry from Blackmagic4444 who says, I pick, my, my pick would be Dead Man Wonderland. It would be a prequel with the protagonist's mother as the main character where you get to see her discover the origins of where the Dead Man virus came from and how she would develop it into what it would become. Or we could get what life was like inside the prison before the protagonist shows up. I am uh, I'm not familiar that much with Dead Man Wonderland myself, so I'm not sure. I can't really have having a hard time obviously picturing what the spinoff would be like. But yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I'm sure it would be nice for those who actually know of the series. Next, we have uh, Rampant AI who says, 
Uh, I guess a spin-off would not include a simple continuation of a given series. Well, it depends. Up to you. Uh, as there are a lot of those I'd nominate. Rather, a spin-off would be a side story or character to a given work. In that case, I would like to see a new spin-off of Cowboy Bebop with the ending we got from the original series. Perhaps we could see a continuing adventures of Ed and Ed and Ayn? Is it Ayn? Or Ayn? Probably Ayn. Uh, I'd also like to know more about the world of Last Exile. Uh, and not the one we got from Fam and Silverwing. Fam the Silverwing. Uh, and if I had to pick another spin-off, I would love to see a spin-off of Chika from Kaguya-sama, Love is War. I mean, <laughs> she steals the show anyway, so she might as well get her own show. Or, even better, an OVA. So, there you go. And that laugh from you, I, I'm going to take that as an endorsement of uh, the Chika anime. So yeah, there's that. Anyways, we can move on to the... Uh, there's some entries here on the actual Discord itself for the same forum topic. First off, we have Seguin, who says... A fate anime with the original cast, but as a slice-of-life anime where the servants have to find jobs to help support their master. And would follow each of them as they try to work in society while still having their power as heroic spirits. Imagine the hulking berserker squeezing himself into a tiny desk as an office worker while trying to... Uh, trying his best to not break anything and fail to do so. I'm kind of reminding, uh, I'm kind of thinking of uh, Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles in his office chair. You know, you guys have seen the movie The Incredibles. Anyway, uh, while Archer would simply start his own restaurant and Assassin would remain the same old bum living outside Fuyuki's shrine. And so on. There you go. So I'm sure that's something the fate people could get behind. I'm not myself into fate that much, so... Uh, pinch of salt. Uh, Pumeria then comes in with a lot of things that would come to mind for me are more continuations than spin-offs. One series that comes to mind is Witch Hunter Robin. The spin-off would follow other branches of witch hunters or uh, a single branch in another part of the world such as Italy, England or another country. Another that comes to mind just now is a spin-off of Planetarian in which the series would follow characters in the anime setting perhaps before the events of the OVAs, with perhaps a tie-in to the OVAs at the end of said spin-off. So there you go. Uh, I, I'm unfamiliar with both, so... <laughs> I do plan on watching Planetarium myself, so... I'll take your word for it. That sounds pretty cool. Um, Shieldwell says, Aren't you talking about Emiya Gohan, the Carnival Phantasm? Again, I, I guess that must be a fate spin-off, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I think that does it for the forum topic for this week, from the community, at least. But we, before we continue on, will you leave it open to our panel of experts? How about you, uh, Joseph? Uh, I think I'm, I kind of used like a bit of a cheat here. So it's not a spinoff of an anime, but it is a spinoff of a manga. So uh, Komi can't communicate. I love this fucking series. God damn, I love it. Uh, and I would like to see a sequel, or sorry, sequel, a spinoff where we feature Tando Hitomi, so it's uh, okay. Tando's little sister, uh, featured with, um, with Komi's little brother, Shosuke. Just like the, the interactions between them, which I find almost as good as the interactions between Tando and, and Komi. Just like I'd mm. like to see it spin off of that, just like their lives together, and just like ah, uh, it, it'd be good. I think I'd enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Hmm. So there's that. There's Come that. Can't mm -hmm. More people need to, to fucking watch. Please make this an Please. anime. And if you do make it an yeah. anime, do it right. Mm. And if you do the sequel show, copyright. I copyright it. Uh, I don't know uh, if you what, copyright what, someone else's property. What studio property. would you have adapted? Oh, adapted the anime for a combing. Um, Shaft? What? Which Shaft no, did? whatever studio did Sude Zude Children. They did really oh. good with, like, emotions. Uh, can't remember who did that one, I'm afraid. Uh, let me just... I'll, I'll look that up at the same time. Keep going. Carry on. Uh, let's see here. So that was done by Studio Kakomi. There you go. So you would like them to do... Yeah, they've also oh, done things like... like uh, oh, A-Channel. Everyone's f favorite lolly show. Um, they did... Uh, Miss Kozumi Co Loves Ramen Noodles. The Kirino uh, Mosaic. Kirino Mosaic, yeah, your favorite, right? <laughs> Just behind Kononaka ni Hitori Imoto Gairu. Yeah, absolutely. Sentan, uh, 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 yeah. oh, they did Sentan Academy. Join the pack. Oh, you did. You oh, wow. To it all comes round <laughs> some spot. I don't know. Call, yep, call okay, me so can't communicate. Gotta be done by Studio Kakomi. Yes, please. It's not just because the name of the studio is quite fitting. But anything else? Uh, nope. That's the only thing I could think of. I have a very... The only... Because I have a lot of, like, sequels I could have in my mind. But uh -huh. when it comes to spinoffs, I don't generally watch spinoffs. Just because I'm not usually interested in what characters they spin off with. Like, in a certain... Uh, scientific railgun. I didn't care about that girl at all, so I didn't care about her little spinoff side of things. Oh, yeah. I actually preferred the spinoff to the original. I know most that's... people do, and I've heard great things about it. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, yeah. I like the whole Index X Toma thing and where that was going. Right. And most people are like, that yeah. sucked. You're lamo, and I was like, hey, hey well, but I like it. Honestly. There's a new there's a new sort of standard, right? Where it's like they're not always gold because hey, spoilers for when I eventually get around to reviewing it, but they did a spin-off with Accelerator as the main character, and I don't care for that one that much. So Yeah, see all the spin offs Not all spin-offs are great. Nope, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, some of my entries sort of fit into that category as well, actually, because one spin-off I would kind of like to see in a series or just set in the same world, I suppose, would be a spin-off of Soul Eater. And I'm not talking about that shitty spin-off we got called Soul Eater Not. Um, but, like, I would like to see another uh, series of Soul Eater, perhaps starring some of the older uh, Meisters that you get inside the Soul Eater universe. Maybe the ones that were deaf sized when they were younger and how they hunted down witches and shit, and it would be really cool. Uh, maybe starring, like, you know, Stein and stuff and, you know, Maybe. That would be kind of nice. Just any other spin-off that's not Soul Eater Not would make me happy with that. Uh, next up, I would also like to see a spin-off that's set in the same universe as the Death Note. And that's kind of become more irrelevant now because they did sort of make a sequel to our spin-off set of like, manga chapters that were kind of like following up. I'd call them spin-off because they don't star like Light Yagami, you know, what I consider to be mainstays of the Death Note universe, right? Um, 
But I I like that alone. But if I if it has to be completely separate from the Death Note thing itself, I would still kind of like something that follows the plot more, like the spin-off games, where like you have um or the books, where like you have L solving like some of the mysteries he did before the whole Death Note Kira thing sort of kicked off. Uh, if it has the same sort of high tier writing you got in Death Note, that's all I'm really after. You know, just the mystery stuff. Uh, that would be pretty cool. But I know, I I am well aware that they have made more manga chapters since the end of Death Note now, and I would kind of like to still see those if anime, if you know, as anime, if they ever did, you know, got around to them too. Um, they were fine chapters, after all. And then the last one I have is somewhat of a jokey one, but, right, so you're familiar with the series, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Ah, I spent my beer. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the series JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Never heard of it before. Tell me more. Oh, Okay, it features a family, a bloodline, of of characters that's name starts with Joe in it, right? Um, so you got like Jonathan Joestar, and then the next generation you got Joseph Joestar and stuff. So we already have a Joseph Joestar, right? But that's 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 not a problem. So we need to have a spin-off one because they, they they go on for time periods. We have like the mid the Victorian sort of times. We got like American times, like in the sixties or whatever. And then we have like the nineties, and then you know we get it all the way to like you know the two thousands and shit with like the more recent series, but. We need a spin-off that also takes place in the 2010s, and we already Joseph Joseph has taken, but there's a nickname for him, you know, already called for the guy called Joey, right? So there should be a Joey Joestar, right? And he cre- he ends up becoming a host of our podcast, and so Joey Joestar becomes an anime podcaster, and he ends up recruiting a bunch of people, and it's like anime pulse or whatever, and it'll be funny, it'll be like more of a slice of life version, and his stand is to do with logistics and stuff. I think you know where I'm going with this. Basically. Hilarious. Very good, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. It'd be hilarious if there was like a side... Because a side, like they haven't used Joey, have they? They've used Jonathan, but they haven't used Joey. So you could be the Joey Joestar, and it'd be a spin-off, and then I could be the speed wagon of your series. It'd be great. I don't know. It'd be great. We need to think of an antagonist for you to fight, and some stands... But you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the community could could get to work on that. But yeah, that'd be my main thing. That'd be my jam. Anything to do with JoJo, I'd be, I'd be well behind anyway. Either way, so yeah. Well, why is there a message directed at me in the chat? Wait, I think that Death Note has a one shot. Se- I know, I'm well aware of the one shot sequel. No worries. Is this a confession? I, I, I don't know. But anyways, uh, there we go. That's that's my entry for the forum topic. Why is there another post here? Okay, it's nothing to do with us. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, that does us for this forum topic. We that, can move on. Uh, does it for IRL news? Yep, that does it for IRL news and community. Moving on. Ah, there you go. Your voice caught up with you. <laughs> oh. Was I a robot? Yeah, you're a robot, and then you cut out for a while, and then it was like... And that's for IRL news. <laughs> that's my actual normal speaking voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just sort of, you're talking your Dalek, okay. You let your Dalek mm-hmm. come out. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Just the mask slipped for just a moment. Well, that does bring us to the industry news. Mm. 
Hmm. And I only have one thing I want to talk about today. It's a little longer, so why don't you get us started with one of your two? Okay, right. So, uh, this one already got mentioned by somebody in the Discord already. Which, by the way, if you guys do have like news topics you want us to cover, well, or me, I guess, specifically to cover if you want, um, po- go ahead and post it when you want to. Uh, and just tag me, and then that way I can save it over the week. It just has to be like within the week. Okay, I don't want to report anything that's too old when it comes to anime polls. Just, just a little plug there, in case you want something specifically covered. Oh, and if you can, this is a preference. Try not to source it. If you can find a similar story from another site that's not Anime News Network, for me personally, if it's Anime News Network, I guess it's fine. But you know, um, I'd rather not have to click on that site. For personal reasons. But anyways, today's story is to do with um, an Australia senator now wants to purge anime that features child abuse. And the reason that this one's relevant to me is because he cites a anime that's near and dear to my heart, Eromanga Sensei. So basically, Australia, the country that's kind of known for uh, being a bit more restrictive, I guess, than other countries. Because I, I know that like, it's hard to get some video games there. Uh, they're they're much more uh, strict by regulations, um, and apparently the outlawed sex dolls that have more uh childlike proportions. I don't know what that means specifically. Um, I've now moved. Well, one of the senators has now moved to ban manga and anime that depict child sexual abuse, as they put it. The senator used Arrow Manga Sensei as an example of such fictional content. Uh, the senator is called Sterling Griff. Um, of the Centre Alliance. I guess that's a political party in, in Australia. And he uh, criticised the classific- classification board about its rating of controversial anime. The quote goes uh, specifically as, <clears throat> and this is my attempt to do Australian accent while being slightly inebriated, there is unfortunately a dark side, fuck that was hard, dark side and a disgusting side to anime and manga with a significant proportion of the two media featuring child abuse material. They contain depictions of wild, wide-eyed children, usually in school uniforms, engaged in explicit sexual activities and poses, and often being sexually abused. So, there you go. Um, typically, these sorts of anime and manga are not affected by Japanese law because, you know, they're not real children. But that obviously is a sentiment that's not shared with other countries such as Australia. Um, as they have any material depicting abuse of a person, representation of a person who looks under the age of 18 as illegal there already. But, you know, this is like another sort of move to sort of uh, make those laws a bit more stricter. Um, but yeah, um, but... There does seem to be a little bit of a lack of awareness when it comes to such content, when it comes to something like Arrow Manga Sensei, because he cites it as one of the worst series he has ever witnessed, which revolves around a 12-year-old girl sketching lewd art for a 15-year-old older brother's light novels, saying that the series also features heavily incest themes, and many scenes are so disturbing, I just won't. I can't describe them. So, um, but the thing about that is that, you know, for anybody who's actually into anime itself, like this, this kind of stuff is run of the mill etchy, and there is no visible. I mean, like the thing is, far be it from me to defend this show, this series in particular, but there is technically no visible nudity or sex in this show. Um, but you know, if he actually saw a real 
a, what I'd consider a real itchy show or a real sort of like sexually charged show, then I'm not sure how he'd cope, honestly, if this is his reaction. Um, apparently from the post that you sent me later about this, uh, Joseph, it appears that this kind of, uh, his move was sort of looked at, it fell on deaf ears anyway, they didn't really care so much about it, so. Yeah. Eh. It, it's, it's turned out to be rather ineffectual, but, you know, the fact that it came up was newsworthy in and of itself, right? Um, I suppose the fact that it came from uh, Australia in particular isn't particularly uh, surprising, though. So. Which, of course, you, you brought it up, like, they have way bigger things going on over there right now, like, Oh yeah, he, like, this guy should have, be like, focusing bushfires. on. Yeah, don't, don't you guys have domestic problems like the recent bushfires and freaking coronavirus showing up there? You guys are worried about freaking cartoons. I'm just saying, it's not like real child abuse here, so uh, whatever. But you know, far be it from me to you know, not my country, I suppose. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I should maybe talk about some good news from a bad situation, kind of like drawing water from a rock. Sure. So, you've talked about it recently, so have I, about, like, that whole feminist issue with, like, the Uzaki-chan wants to hang out collaboration poster with the Red Cross um, back in October. Then, of course, there was recently that Love Live Sunshine poster, which featured uh, Chika's crotch showing through her skirt. Who was like chosen yeah. as like the orange representative or whatever? Yeah. Well, in the midst of all of that shit, mm-hmm. the Sudazude children manga artist uh, Toshia Waka Waka Bayashi has proposed an idea for a rom com. What if an otaku and a feminist who disagreed with each other online met in person and became attracted to each other, not realizing (laughs) they had just been arguing against each other? He actually posted a comic online that uh, came in two parts and features the outline. The comic depicts a long-haired boy, the feminist, and a short-haired girl, the otaku, looking at their phones while standing in a train. They are both annoyed at the controversy about a Moe anime poster. The girl is annoyed at a feminist who is arguing that the poster design objectifies women. While the Uh boy is annoyed that an otaku is arguing that it is freedom of speech without acknowledging the problematic element. They notice each other on the train, and the boy notices the girl has an accessory of the Moe anime girl who is the center of the controversy when he utters the character's name she gets nervous wondering Uh if the boy will think she is gross but the boy says i watch anime too it's pretty normal there's no need to hide it you can like what you want (laughs) and it has nothing to do with age or gender the girl is touched at the boy's open-mindedness the boy then asks what do you like about the character the girl responds that she likes everything about her and that she really respects her personality and how she chooses to wear a cute outfit that's what she likes. The boy responds that he totally understands and the two of them find themselves wondering if the other thinks about the poster controversy. The girl acknowledges that there are people who understand otaku hobbies but have reservations about putting on a sexualized poster for public consumption and worries that she'll get lumped in with 
otaku who are misogynistic. Meanwhile, the boy's worried he'll get lumped in with feminists who don't approve of sexual expression or make antagonistic claims. The train then passes by a poster where they get flustered at the sight of it. The girl says she's happy that she sees the character out in public, but is embarrassed to see it out in the middle of the street. The boy agrees that it's embarrassing because it's a public place after all. The two of them glance at each other, and the story ends with the two of them realizing they have a lot more in common. After all. That was beautiful. It was. And it <laughs> it's like, why God, I want this to be a manga now. Give it to me. This or at least another, funny. Yeah. <laughs> another couple and Sudazude children, please. Like this is great. This mm. long haired feminine you know, feminist boy who is just a pretty boy, and then this short haired otaku girl who's shorter than him and just you know is more of like the you know the the perverse one in the situation but like they they suddenly get along and they see each other and they're they're being human with each other and they're understanding that hey we actually like the same things maybe mm, we could get mm. along you and i they both listen up a bit and they learn from each other it's uh, yeah it sounds it sounds obviously like it could be a good way of like burying the hatchet and the tensions that go on right now between different groups i kind of like to see this one happen yeah i would definitely yeah. like to see it please you gotta go fund me mr uh, wakabayashi then do it because i'll go fund you too i'll get on one mm. of those high tiers too so i can get uh autograph the sketches and stuff napkin yeah. or something <laughs> napkin well it better be better than a napkin for high or the coffee yeah, stain yeah. and everything yeah coffee stain with a, a boss coffee stain, of course. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's positive. It makes me feel that warm inside. Like, you know, maybe feminists and otakus, we can get along. Yeah. Maybe. I can dream. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we can't end on a high note, can we? Well, I don't know. This is this is high Maybe enough we could for end me. It's, uh, with a spicy note, <laughs> a high guardian spice. No, oh, 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 you started it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like two years ago. Fucking hell, that was two years ago. Uh, talked about Crunchyroll announcing an anime, like uh, uh, a locally sourced kind that looked kind of weird. Like at the time. Their own original one. Uh, well, it disappeared for a long time, and now it's slowly... Be- it's, it just suddenly has re-entered the public eye, because um, Crunchyroll is now launching a a set of um, originals, what they're calling originals, which includes a bunch of other anime that they've done in collaboration with other studios, including Studio Mappa, you know, studios I actually like and shit. Um, Kodansha and such. Um... So, you know, there's there's other stuff in there. So recently they, they released a video that's about like a minute and 32 seconds long that, sh- that shows showcases a bunch of the stuff they can expect to come out. And actually, funnily enough, I didn't even know this, one of the anime that I previewed, Inspector, actually is one of the Crunchyroll's lineups for uh, Crunchyroll Originals. But what sort of stands out in the bunch in this trailer is that there's a clip from the High Guardian Spice show that I honestly thought might have been dead by this point. It um, looks interesting, I suppose. The blurb sort of reads here currently. Um, 
In this Crunchyroll Studios production created by Ray Rodriguez, four fierce girls train to become great heroes at High Guardian Academy, where they form allegiances, uncover betrayals, and discover their true identities while preparing to protect the world from an ominous unknown threat. Coming soon on Crunchyroll. Honestly, that's very vague. I can't really say much about that blurb. It's about as vague, honestly, as a lot of season, you know, anime of the season sort of anime anyway, but, um... You bet your you bet your ass I'm gonna check this one out when it comes out, of course. And I, I promise I um I'm going to give it a fair and honest look. Uh, you know, you know, me personally, I know I can be a bit of a dick sometimes and I do have my biases, but at the same time, you um you, you bet you know when it, when a push comes to self, I will be fair. If it's good, I'll say it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. I'll be be critical about it. From the clip I saw in the uh in the trailer, I'm gonna be honest didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to look. It still has a huge contrast with the other anime that are in this. It, to me, it doesn't. it's not really my thing. But, you know, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a fair shake, is all I'm going to say. There's not really much other information out on it. But um, I can understand if this still continues to bother people who thought that this was a dead and buried issue uh, with Crunchyroll in general. But, you know, it's their money, I suppose. They... They have it. They can use it how they want, I suppose. Yeah, they're doing uh, a... Yeah. I've seen them start doing like a lot of these ones that they put out. Did you know that Inspector is one of the ones that's a high... That's a fucking Crunchyroll original? Oh, yeah. Inspector! Yeah. I, I, I just mentioned that. Yeah, that one I, I previewed. I previewed that one. Yeah, I mentioned it. That's that one's, one's like... Uh, that one's supposed to be good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's decent. Um... But, you know, so, the thing you got to take, pinch of salt, right? Because they're just kind of doing what Netflix does, right? Where Netflix has a bunch of anime that they commission. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten Violet Evergarden from Kyoto Animation had it not been from, for Netflix. Because that was a commissioned one. Was Kyoto Animation and we wouldn't have gotten the second season of... Uh, um, mm. uh, what was it? Game Girl? Uh, shit, what was it called? Huh? Uh, it was the one that featured, like, the Street Fighter games in it and whatnot why can't i think of the uh, name of the the anime right now uh, uh, i know it's really high about. school girl high thank school you girl. black magic oh, that, yeah. and premieria All right. and rampant uh, okay 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 yeah. everyone who but, is know, not us <laughs> yes exactly so you know we would have gotten that from them by the same time they uh they made um you know they, they also made what's his name Neo Yokio, which was a weird anomaly of an anime, if you want to call it an anime. I still count it as one sort of because it still had studios behind it that are from anim- from Japan, from anime. <laughs> um, what's this I'm hitting here? But yeah, so uh, there are a survey that revealed that he had... Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, <laughs> J- Jaden Smith's Tour de Force. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, similar things sort of happens. Um... With Crunchyroll, right? Um, not everything that they release is going to be gold, but, you know, not everything they're going to release is going to be trash. I suppose it's the take-home message from it. I, I, I'm so far from enjoying Inspector, by the way, so, you know. Neo Yokio was better than I was expecting. I wouldn't call it... good. I'd call it... unique. But I wouldn't necessarily call it bad. It's a weird show. It's weird. But yeah. Anyways, this is not about Neo Yokio. Uh, to each their own as well. But yeah, uh, that does it for this news story. I guess that you're definitely going to hear more about this, especially as this gets released. But uh, yeah, there you go.
Okay. Well, you know, I mean, we all thought that was dead, but I guess it's come back to haunt us. Yeah. Um. Then I do believe that brings us to our reviews. Yep, the first reviews of this full-on reviews episode in yep. a while. So, yeah. Uh, which, speaking of, I have come up with a new name. Uh, which, if people listen to the last show, they'll start to hear. Uh, our hybrid shows are going to transform into got tight shows, where ah. Andrew and I combined, we come together like red. Red Ranger and Green Ranger, and we form, we form part of the robot that makes the Power Rangers. Hmm. Very cool. Yep. Very yep. cool. Or maybe, maybe I'm like Red Ranger, so I'm the T Rex, and Andrew's White Ranger. <laughs> sure, I can be he the gets, white one. He gets the flute. <laughs> yes, that's that's yeah. I get the cool flute. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> There we go. We uh, we have Got Time now, which uh, if you don't know what that sound clip's from, it's from Ninja Batman, which I was like, holy shit, this looks fucking good. I think I reviewed that one. I did like, review that one, yeah. Damn, that's not bad. That's good mm. animation. They're the same people who animated the uh, the JoJo openings. You know how the JoJo openings are in CG? Yeah. They they animated Ninja Batman, yeah. yeah it's not bad, I will say. Not bad, no. Plus, they also made her super attractive Ivy, which I was like, yeah? Yeah, she she doesn't get much screen time, by the way, just a warning, though. She's not in it for that long. Yeah. Damn. Well, got Tai, you know. Mm. That's the the Japanese Joker saying, uh, I think it says something like, Criminals of Gotham, got Tai! That's a very weird part of the movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then he breaks into a song. <laughs> got die, got die, got die. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Well, we Anyways. are Yes, we are now into our full on reviews. We're back to it. Typing noise insert here. And I'll start us off with my review of Copcraft. Mm. Now, I've not been a huge fan of buddy cop type films or TV shows for most of my life, with the only real exception being Rush Hour. However, Uh. as I continue to age and grow older, I find myself less and less into the wacky and zany anime I once made. Uh, found myself taking up most of my time. Mm. Along with like things like Halo and StarCraft. Uh, thus, when I heard of a good cop, bad cop anime announced, I found myself attracted to the twisting of detective and fantasy genres in CopCraft. Mm. Focusing less on the crazy explosion of magic science and more on the everyday criminal ongoings, this is an anime directed towards a more adult audience with a splash of silly to keep the slightly younger watchers watching. But did it successfully maintain my interest or fail to catch it like a fat cop chasing after a purse snatcher? We begin on an exchange between two groups. 
The criminals selling their illegally obtained fairy goods are tricked, however, as their buyers turn out to be cops. In the heated exchange, one of the cops is killed, leaving the other, K. Matoba, to face his chief, assigning him a new partner. No, it's not some fresh-faced recruit naive to the corruption about their to, they're about to witness. It's a young knight of Mirvor named Torona Exceldoracia, who has an even longer name, but we don't pronounce it here. She's a woman with a justice in her heart and a sword in her hand. Of course, Kay doesn't much care for her. But he takes her under his wing, nevertheless, so he can stay on the case that resulted in the death of his previous partner. Hmm. Tilrana isn't too thrilled about the situation either, upon seeing rather quickly that Kay is not the epitome of justice that she thought she'd meet. Working with known criminals like a crooked priest to obtain information. Still... Tilerna is very curious about this world as much as she is out of place in it. And after helping Kay get the guy who did his partner in, the two kind of bond. <laughs> the smaller crime actually opens a huge can of worms as the cop killer actually turns out to be a, uh, to be dead before Tilerna even sliced him up. And so with the support of Kay's ex-girlfriend, also the head coroner, and the rest of his outfit, Kay and Tilrena uncover a plot to zombify the whole city using fairies and control the zombies with the help of a red mage who plays part in Kay's past as a vanguard in the force that the JSDF sent across the, into the world where Tilrena came from. There's a lot of backstory information that is kind of like exposition dumped on us around this time, but it sets up the remainder of the anime with plenty of plot points. However, Tilerna isn't tried. Sorry, isn't tired of uh, is tired of waiting for permission to exact justice and quickly succumbs to the temptation of using criminals to get what she wants because that's how this world works. Meeting and <laughs> fighting a fellow member of royalty from her world with the plans to control this one. After Kay also confronts one of his own, who had turned against humanity, we get a final showdown against Alada, the Red Mage, where Kay's gun shows some traces of magic as it aimbots the mage off the side of a skyscraper. But Tilrena doesn't go home like Kay expected, and they both got what they after both they got what they wanted, as she is assigned to live with him and remain his partner for as long as she wishes. Uh. you think Kay would get a break, but the new chief of police is up his ass instantly, and so he is forced to keep on taking these rather odd cases, like confiscating contraband that turns out to be a vampire, introducing Tillerna to pornography, and teaching her uh. how to crash cars. The vampire case was actually the strongest one by far, as I felt sorry for the vampirus. She's the very last of her kind, the very last, waking up in a strange world where her usual vampire tricks like turning invisible or disappearing in a cloud of smoke don't work that well. And she is eventually killed in a rather simple way. It certainly felt more in line with what I was expecting from this anime, where the other two episodes were just pace-breaking. 
In fact, this strange pacing keeps up as we go to something more gritty involving a politician mixed up in a prostitution scandal, and Tilrena learning the harsh truth to becoming too involved with the people she is investigating. But then we're right back to the silly as Tilrena fights a plane, swaps bodies with Kay's cat, and almost kills a man for seeing her naked. Speaking of butts, the anime again shifts gears Back to the politician craziness, with the mayoral candidates being assassinated by dead humans using magic. This sparks riots and protests, but more importantly, Kay's sticking up for Tillerna and defending her against racist assholes. Tillerna isn't blind to this bond that Kay shows her, and takes it in a rather amusingly interesting direction. This bond actually takes full effect when the political entry concludes with the return of Zelada, whose goals seemingly have devolved into forcing Kay to gun his way through dozens of armed guards in a fashion similar to Spike reaching Vicious to save a captured Tillerna. The two end up exchanging weapons, exacting a swift end to Zelada, and wrap up the political mess surrounding the next mayor. And that's it. Tillerna returns to their, or Tillerna and Kay return to their lives as cops. The end is very much a tie-in to the opening song, which is very good, but basically says that the two just keep on fighting crime in the city. What is nice about this ending is there is no hinting at a sequel, and thankfully, I felt no need for one. What sucked about this ending, though, was that I really, really, really wanted to see some even if just a tiny bit more romantic attraction between Kay and Tilrena. That would have ended things way better for me, instead of just leaving uh, leaving me ever so slightly unsatisfied by this, quote, and they're right back to it, unquote, loop that sets it up. Mm. Oh, well. The pacing kind of yeah. killed most of my interest in seeing a sequel anyway, so I guess I'm fine with what we got. Animation is provided to us by Studio Millipense, Millipise, who have also done uh-huh. works on other series like Wake Up Girls and two <laughs> spin-offs of the Tekyu, uh, Uka Ukame and Takiyama Nanuso Desu. Uh, it was both good and good enough because when it was good, it was detailed, visually appealing, and full of colors. And when it was good enough, it did a job, but lacked the finer details found in some more close-up moments. The battle with the mm. vampire chick, great use of color and lighting. A scene with a politician candidate walking out after a meeting with Kay and Tillerna, the details kind of disintegrate. But the level of high-tier animation was still maintained over most of the humdrum anime for the summer 2019 season. Mm. Voice acting. Love the fact they had a more mature male actor playing K. Kenjiro Suda, who had a lot more roles recently, but not a lot of main roles. He did play Hakuto Kunai from Demon Lord Retry, and Mikoto Shuho from K. 
most of yeah. the roles he plays find him as a father to a character or someone who has a very deep voice. He actually yeah, he gets a, a lot of casting now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed some of that. He actually played a couple roles in the JoJo series, which makes sense. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. Teruna was voiced by Mayu Yoko, Yoki uh, Yoshioka, who is very little known in the voice acting world. Only having huh? played a few roles like Mayu Shimada from Wake Up Girls and uh, Sheiji from uh, Renai Bokun. However, ah. the difference between uh, Kenjiro and Mayu's voices helps set the tone for the buddy cop setting. And for my favorite character, it's been a while since I pulled one of these out of my ass, but I'm handing out my favorite couples award. To Kay and Tilerna, our quirky duo who just work together. Kay Mm. has the connections and the insight in this world, and Tilerna has the moves and the bark to keep Kay awake. You see, Kay's not a bad cop. He's just complacent. He's grown used to this way of life, and he's got Tilerna to keep him active. Meanwhile, Tilerna is brash and can make trouble for not only herself, but for others. So it's up to Kay to weigh her down and keep her in check. Honestly, mm. I don't see how they could ever part now, seeing as how well they mesh. Mm. And they're going to have kids together. <laughs> but that's just my <laughs> head Right, okay. <laughs> because she is a legal lolly, so that's kind of the part where it's like, she's, you know, legal, but at the same time, she looks... Kind of like a little girl. You don't want to. You don't want to disappoint the Australians, you know. Mm, yeah, mm. Copcraft. That yeah. that senator. He'd be coming for you, Copcraft. If you start mm-hmm. having kids with this girl, man, he'd be up your ass in a second. He'd be all like, it, like the themes in this Copcraft series. My God, or think he would of our look children to researching it for his next complaint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Research, yeah, you know, plenty of that research. on his computer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nothing else. But yeah, that uh, that's cop that's copcraft. Uh, Netflix or not Netflix? Uh, sorry, Netflix. Scratch that. Crackers. Not Crackers Netflix. Upgrading. I don't know why I said Netflix. Okay. I was thinking I of know. Netflix. Huh. For some reason. Okay. Oh, okay. But it's, it's better than that in your mind, at least. Cool. Yes, it is definitely a Crackers. It's worth sticking around for. Uh huh. Fair enough. Well done. Speaking of sticking around, stick around to the end of the show to hear about what Andrew has to talk about his his review, which is next. Ah, just let me finish this. <laughs> okay, right, done. Cool. All right. Ugh, okay. Uh food and anime. Scientists to this day are still trying to distill the mathematics of why the two blend so well together. Much like soda and chicken wings, you might say. Yes, simply add food to any sort of show and you're bound to you're bound to spice up fairly established genres with a new twist. You can take cooking itself to shonen extremes with fantastical shows like Toriko and of course Shokugeki no Soma. You can create a more laid-back version of the ever-present isekai genre with isekai shokudo, or add to the cultural richness of your series with the tribal traditional cooking found in Golden Kamui, 
But what if we make a cute girls doing cute things spin-off of a Chinese mobile game I've never heard of? You get something like, and forgive my fam forgive me, my family speaks Cantonese, not Mandarin. Nuwu Shun de Kan Zuo. I I pronounced it better when I wasn't so drunk. Um, or Cooking with Valkyries, which hit our screens one season before Shokugeki last year. But was mere was it merely an appetizer or a dish of the day slash year? Um, the show takes place almost entirely at a skill dome where our main characters reside. There's the white-haired, twin-tailed Kiana Kislana Reeves, who's the goofy glutton of the group. There's Bronya Brochinski, who's the deadpan lolly that speaks like a robot and refers to her as THE Bronya, meaning she must think highly of herself. There's Fu Hua, who's uh, another student and based on her flashback, used to be some sort of god-like being in space of some kind. It's really not that clear as she was narrating about dumb things at the time this was happening. Uh, moving on to the more mature-looking characters, there's the fiery-haired Himeko, who's a teacher that lives in the same dorm and drank beer that one episode, so she's totally my type, I guess. Followed by Mei Raiden, who's despite looking and acting as mature as Himiko, is apparently another student, I think. And finally, there from the main cast, there's Teresa Apocalypse, the most natural-sounding name of the group, who's everyone else refers to as the principal, despite her looking as young as Bronya. Although, along with our main cast, you do get occasional one-episode appearances from side characters, like a boy who has the mind of a 30-something-year-old man who stalks the lolly principal character, um, and Kiana's dad, who abandoned her in flashback form. So, you know, there's that. Join this collection of personalities that will no doubt captivate you for ten approximately five ep- five minute long episodes that involve various scenarios that calls for some form of cooking at some point or another, followed by a detailed recipe at the end before the end credits. Said scenarios can be as simple as the parental figures are stuck in traffic, so here's a dish that's better than eating bread. To, I just remembered my dad who abandoned me. Now I desperately want to make that pizza toast we used to bake together. These plot lines reach their pinnacle of complexity at episode 8, the studio's showstopper and major turning point of the series. It's the only episode that has no OP, so you know they're serious, and gets its own special pink motif logo and recipe at the end, where, stop me if you've heard this one, a nun and a shrine maiden take a rowboat down a stream. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a joke. Um, as cherry blossoms rain down from all sides and they make sweet, sensual rice balls together. The show also attempts to inject some heart into its runtime with the character cooking the episode's dish, oftentimes getting some flashback or monologue that develops why this particular food is significant to them. What I'm talking about is best portrayed by the ec- this excerpt here from the wiki describing the comic book this anime is based on. It goes, and I quote, The dishes made by Valkyries are different but the meanings contained in them are the same for the thoughts that important people want to convey. I, I, I don't understand what that means either. 
<laughs> Anyways, at times, there are things that I can easily grasp, such as food that a parent used to make for you, or a comfort dish that gathers everyone around and evokes that warm family atmosphere. Then there's shit that, that's too lore-based in the series for me to understand. Stuff like, back when I was a floating when I was floating in space as a celestial be- being with this other lady, I didn't make such tasty dumplings. If it wasn't obvious enough already from my encyclopedic character descriptions earlier, I have no idea what the story of Honkai Impact Fert is like. From what I can tell, there's a war that happened where our main characters used laser cannons or some shit, and after all of that was done, they decided to go to school and play nondescript video games with with <laughs> sorry, and play nondescript video games with each other and live mundane lives. I know just about as much as the one-line description on Mal says, but I do know one thing. Regardless of any context, the words spam and super luxurious should never be uttered in the same sentence. Speaking of which, the choice of dishes in this show is one of the most startlingly diverse I've ever seen in a food anime at least. Ranging from something I would consider a dish, like stewed chicken and white sauce, to literally instant noodles with Egg and spam. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I know. <favorite. laughs> it deserved its own episode. Really, it's just it's just that complex. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, it's kind of refreshing to have a cooking show where they aren't being ostentatious about the complexity of the food on display. Like this is the most amazing dish ever. You know, I, I kind of appreciate how Bronya Brochinski's borscht dish is made out of just, like, canned beef, which, you know, anybody can get. But there comes a point around giving me a recipe for barbecuing marshmallows that makes me kind of give an expression that says, you serious? Like, you, that this deserved a recipe in the show? Basically, the food here on display is a mixed broth. Well, you some people don't this- know that you, can, you don't want to stick the marshmallows in the fire. Yeah. Oh, really? You want yeah, to put them next melt. to the fire and slowly rotate them. Then oh, yeah. they catch Absolutely. on fire being next to them. You don't want to shove the marshmallow in the fire because that gives you throat cancer, apparently. Wait, what? It, get, what? it gives you cancer? Carcinogens, baby. Oh, I Free didn't radicals know that. bumping That's... around in your body? Boy, oh boy, gives you cancer real quick. But it's just oh, a theory Jesus. of food theory. Thanks for watching. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, there's, 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 the more you know, we, you maybe just inadvertently just saved lives there, Joseph. So, well done, I guess. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Then back on topic. The food here <laughs> in display is a mixed broth, and you got dishes that fit the balance between novel and complex that I wouldn't mind attempting myself. And then you get dishes that I don't like the sound of, such as that watermelon pizza stuff that I just can't take seriously. Not because the recipe per se, but because they literally label one of the meals in this show as... There's an episode that's called Mediocre Spiced Beef. Like, you described your dish as mediocre, which comes off unintentionally hilarious. Like, what's the point of showing me the, the, the recipe when the character says, it tasted mediocre? Like, usually shows are trying at least to make you want to cook the food. That's all I'm saying. 
That having been said, I wouldn't be surprised if some of what's shown here would be quite good to someone's cooking arsenal and speaks to a style of cooking that, while not glamorous, spawns from the Chinese cultural style of making the best out of the ingredients that you have at hand. I mean, I joked about it earlier, but even I have fond memories of spam and egg and rice from my youth. But hey, all of what I've mentioned prior stands secondary to the core of the show, which resides at the beginning of each installment, minus episode 8 of course. Listen, yeah, as I recite its glory. P-P-P-P-Pizza Pizza, Summer Beach Barbecue, Chi-Chi-Chi-Chi-Chicken Chicken, Chicken Wings, Oh My Love. Noodles, fried dumplings, pizza toast, onigiri, every time, every side, soda and chicken wing. Braised grill pan fried, boil fry, stir fry. Right away, right now, I want to have them all. Final exams over. Starving, starving. I'm starving. Going, going, going back home. Never late for dinner. Beautiful. Never have such words, you know, touched so many in such a short amount of time. See... Some would play this off as just a moitastic opening sang in English, but it is so much more. For you see, the main dishes in this opening are all present in the show itself, working as a clever form of foreshadowing of its many character arcs. What is striking first of all is that the dishes are not introduced in the same order as they are said in the opening, which keeps you guessing. I remember that crew from Video Game Pulse, were disappointed in Juni Tyson or uh, Zodiac Wars because the deaths in that show were in the same order as the Chinese Zodiac. Well, that's not a problem with Valkyries. Instead, I was left guessing and concerned as to whether Summer Beach Barbecue was really going to be a dish, but was left pleasantly surprised when it got a two-part episode at the end. <laughs> not to mention... The emphasis on chicken wings, where the show baits you into thinking that episode 3 will feature the chicken wings, but, surprise, Konodioda! Uh, <laughs> it turns out that Kiana eats all the fried chicken, and they have to make stew instead on episode 3. So you're still left waiting in anticipation for when we finally get those, 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 those chicken wings. Cooking with Valkyries is brought to us by Studio Not Found. Non-found, who, if they made another anime, I wouldn't know since there's no entry under non-found on my anime list. Despite that, it was okay the way that they did it. And like most short anime, I can't really justify giving it any lower than a Netflix, given that you can watch the entire anime in about 50 minutes. Less if you skip the opening, but don't do that. Besides... I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't watch more if they ever made a fourth impact or however the fuck they named this series or whatever. And that about does it. <laughs> I apologize for anybody who wanted a meaningful review. No apology necessary. We all understand that you have to put yourself through the worst of it to appease the masses. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for me. He's left speechless by my fantastical description of this anime. Surely I've inspired many to to watch mm. this. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I believe that it brings us to the end of our show. But before we go, we have some people we need to thank. 
Let's see here. Uh, we got Alk Zero, Shuji, Seraph Man, Phantom, Tag, all of our anonymous sponsors, and everyone in chat, like Black Magic, Primaria, Rampant, Shield Bro, Sigwin, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Musical ending, I like it. Hey. Hmm. You know when Joe is slightly inebriated because he starts to sing. He hates yeah. singing. Oh, do you? I didn't know that. In public. Or at least ah. when people are listening. Yep. Ah. Okay. Unless, of course, it's one of my favorite songs ever, which annoys the fuck out of people if you sing it long enough. Uh, uh, Mr. Sandman. Oh, really? Of all songs, that one. Mr. Sandman. <laughs> May I tell you, I sing that at work, people will start pulling out the knives and scissors and being like, Yeah? You're gonna do this again, huh? Mm. I think it's time we cut Stop your life it. short. Put <laughs> you to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put me to sleep for good. Speaking of sleeping, you probably need to do that, so why don't we end this show? And as always, yeah. keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>